Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture and the Warrior Hope Podcast. Now, every week on this podcast, here is what we try to do. We endeavor to connect veterans to their next mission. The most common obstacles we see in connecting to your next mission are isolation, that is trying to do it alone, and unresolved hurts, unresolved, unprocessed pain from the past, dealing with both of those are important. Here's why it matters, because you have a purpose and other people are affected radically by you walking out that purpose, by you living that mission. Those people include family, friends, and fellow service members. We talk all about that in the Warrior Hope curriculum. I'll put a link to all of this in the show notes below. Now, today, I am bringing back my friend Eugene Cuevas, who shot the film for, edited, did the stuff for the first two documentaries that we released. That was the film Invisible Scars, which dealt with PTSD, specifically as it relates to war-related or deployment-related trauma. He also did the same for the second documentary, Honoring the Code, which deals with the issue of moral injury. Now, don't worry if you don't understand the difference between what those two items are. I'm going to come back in a couple weeks and in one of the episodes, looking down here at the notes in episode number eight, actually next week, this right now is episode number seven. Episode number eight, I'm actually going to share with you some teaching on what moral injury is because I really believe that this issue is bigger than the topic of PTSD. Uh, in fact, I really believe Andrea uh, in the previous episode, uh, she really had that extra bit of information that she shared at the end, if you remember that, uh, about uh, people that were calling the VFW wanting to take their life and how they got people connected together uh, through the group, the Warrior Hope group. Those phone call numbers went down. I really believe that a lot of the people who make the phone calls and who are uh, contemplating taking their life, I really think that a lot of that has to do, more has to do, my opinion, with guilt and shame, that is moral injury, than it does PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We'll talk a little bit about that in the next week. Another thing you picked up on the previous episode was they're using this book. So they've got uh, simultaneously veterans going through this book and they've got family members studying this book. This is Hope for the Warrior Family. Today, Eugene is going to talk not about this book, but about the project that this book has now led us to. So uh, if you put it in the timeline, talked about PTSD, then we talked about moral injury as a group, as an organization, Crosswinds, and then how all of this applies and pertains to the family. Now, Eugene has been in the process, uh, you're going to hear it in the conversation, he shot the film. Now they're editing all of the film for a documentary that we are shooting on uh, the Warrior family and hope for the Warrior family. He'll even give you the working title uh, that he is about to nail down uh, inside the talk right here. So let, let's just roll there. I'll be back at the end and I'll give you some of my takeaways. And then also I've got a special treat for you uh, after that. Here's the talk with Eugene Cuevas. Okay, so I'm back with Eugene Cuevas. Eugene is the guy notoriously who shot, directed, 
uh, edited, uh, I mean, all the stuff on uh, Crossman's documentary number one, Invisible Scars, which is about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, specifically it has, has to do with veterans. And then the follow-up, documentary number two, Honoring the Code, all about moral injury. You might know that as survivor's guilt or guilt and shame, again, targeted uh, really as it pertains to the military. Today, I'm here with him again because I want to uh, really tell you about this project. Can't release it yet. Uh, I am going to put a link in the show notes, though, where they can see a clip from something that you guys have edited there, uh, Eugene. But but is there a title yet for this? I mean, I've, so I've uh, if, if I can be so me. bold, yeah, if I can be so bold as to this is a working title. So if it this is released, uh, you know, if you see this film a year from now, don't come back and say Eugene said this was titled something else. But the the working title is When Trauma Comes Home. Okay. And you know what we're looking at in this new film, Andy, is the impact of trauma, whether that's PTSD or moral injury, the impact on the family. We've done so much work already about the individual veteran and their experience, but what we find time and time again is that those things, those tra traumatic events are not just something that are impacting the veteran, but it impacts their entire family. Well, you know, I mean, I'm glad you said that. It makes so much sense because we've seen that, uh, you know, kind of on my side, I'm not the guy that shoots the film and, and, and all of that at crosswinds. Uh, you know, my part in that has been uh, we, we took the documentaries that you shot and evidently, you know, you guys did a great job because those documentaries, Invisible Scars and Honoring the Code, created a lot of conversations. You know, that was the goal with Front Porch Media, as we talked about in a previous episode that you were on, was really to, to get the conversation going, to talk about things that people were dealing with, things that matter in culture. And so a lot of people started reaching out to Crosswinds and say, hey, I've been affected by this. What do I do? Where do I get help? And so that it's, it's a much longer story, but that eventually led to the Warrior Hope Manual, where 10 weeks, it's a curriculum that veterans go through and they're talking, interacting with other veterans, talking about uh, overcoming hurts the past and not just overcoming hurts the past, but identifying the next mission so that now they're walking in their purpose, really defining that. Through all of this, we had family members reaching out to us saying, hey, you know, what you're teaching and leading and what they're going through is incredible, but what about the family? Because the idea is, I mean, just like in my family, if somebody in my family uh, has uh, a, a big medical issue and all of a sudden they're diagnosed with something, I mean, that really affects all of us. It affects us emotionally. It affects our mm -hmm. schedule. It affects us financially. It affects maybe what we can do, whether we can go certain places or not, or get out of the house. It affects uh, our routine. It probably affects our diet. It, I mean, it, it like, it just, if it, if it affects one person in the family, it affects all. Yet, you know, surprisingly enough, when it comes to mental or emotional health type issues, we don't always make that leap yet. Uh, you know, that leap was kind of made for us when uh, some of the families of the veterans started saying, Hey, you know, if, if they're walking towards health and healing, man, this, this has affected us all because, because a lot of families have lived. If a veteran was deployed, uh, that meant the family went without the mo mother or father uh, for a year. Or so not only was the veteran away, but like the family was 
missing a significant person. You know, it, yeah. what, flesh that out a little bit. So, yeah, because when we're talking about stress here, we're not, you know, it's uh, its impact is multifaceted. You mentioned just simply it starts with deployment often where the veteran is deployed and the rest of the family is at home still going through life, but also worried about their service member who's in the field and right. worrying about uh, is, is are, you know, are they going to make it home? Worrying about, you know, how, how do I kind of balance other things here, keep going, yet understanding that my life partner is in this other situation. So that stress begins there. And then when that veteran comes home, um, everybody expects, you know, it's just kind of a human, you know, expectation of, oh, well, we're just going to j- jump right back in to where back things were to back to normal, right? And um, if, if, any, if we've learned culturally anything through the pandemic, we've learned that there is no normal, right? And once something, once a big kind of impact happens, there's no going back to what it was before. If we can use that as an analogy for you take somebody who's been deployed for nine, 10, 12 months, a year of their life, they come back, life has changed. Everybody's a year older, life has moved on and it is very difficult to plug back into that. And that leads to just natural you know, conflicts of how do we manage things in our home? How do we respond to our children? How do we manage work and family responsibilities and plugging back into that? And that's if there's no major trauma in that veteran's experience. If you add a major trauma, like a PTSD experience or some kind of moral injury on top of that, then it compounds. All of those conversations that we were having uh, with people, you know, reaching back out to us, they, they really led uh, you know, during this, this is actually a pandemic project. Bob and I wrote this book right here. Uh, I don't know if you can see the title right there, Hope for the Warrior Family. That's actually a picture of his mom and dad right there on the cover. And I, I think through the process of this, I'll have to get him on and recording sometime. Uh, it was really through the process of studying this that he looked back and thought, you know what, I bet war actually affected my dad in ways that we didn't realize growing up, that really became the launch point for this book. Uh, And, you know, we just go through all of it here, just really applying lessons we had learned uh, from others to saying, hey, this does affect the family. Uh, Here's ways it does affect the family. Here's what you can do on your side of traumas involved. Here's things to say. Here's things not to say. Here's you know, where to get help. Here's why they won't talk to you. You know, they're trying to protect you. All these things, how to build a team. We use that analogy at home. So I'll put the link down again in the show notes where they can grab hold of this book. But as we were dealing with this book, really, you know, Bob had this idea. And then we received a few grants that were able to take care of this is, uh, hey, we, we need to we need to get this on film and we need to start exploring this uh, more uh, in the same way that on film you had captured uh, what is PTSD as it relates to the veteran community? What is moral injuries as it relates to the veteran community? So now, you know, springing from this book, which sprang from those resources, you know, you were, uh, I guess, recruited again because you, you were, you were at the time not working with Crosswinds. Like you'd, uh, yeah. you know, moved in a, in a good way to other, <laughs> other things. And Bob's like, we're going to get another director and, you know, filmographer, or we're going to get another team to do this. And so he's like, we'll call Eugene again. And so you came back for the project 
And man, you guys start interacting with people and got into some heavy stories about uh, from the family side about the trauma. Uh, tell us what you saw, sensed, and felt throughout that experience. Yeah, you know, we, we learned so much about this topic through the process of making the first two films, but we didn't have as many of those family stories. So right from the beginning, we knew that that was, we, went, we needed to talk to some professionals, to some counselors and what have you, but we needed those family stories. And so we started looking out to individuals who had, were one willing to sit down as, as a couple, as, you know, children and, and parent or whatever, those, those kind of family units to sit down and talk about their experiences together. And so what we've, what we've done, Andy, is we've captured lots of different kinds of family impact stories, stories of marriages that have been on the, the brink of disillusion because of, uh, you know, stress and trauma and, you know, uh, undiagnosed un issues. We've seen um, families that unfortunately have, you know, had the ultimate loss. And one of the things we've talked about a lot in our previous films is the number of veteran suicides that we continue. Well, when that veteran takes their own life, the family is impacted. The family is impacted for years and years to come. And so we've talked with families about that. We've talked with adult children who have grown up in homes with a, you know, a, a, a veteran parent, you know, dealing with stress for years and talking about the impact that's had on their experience as a, as a child, you know, even as a young adult, grow, you know, going through that as a family. So these are the kinds of stories that we're trying to now, you know, compile together in a documentary um, is it's, it's a little more, like I said, multifaceted than our previous two topics. And so that presents a little bit of a challenge in the filmmaking process, but there's some just incredible stories out there, the things that families have, have been through and the ways that they have, you know, found to overcome. So when you shoot a documentary, you know, you don't always know where it's going to go. I mean, that's that's part of the process of the getting in and having the story and getting the information. You just kind of follow it out and you're, you're kind of uh, finding all of this out. You're kind of doing your research while, while and filming it. So uh, it, you know, steers you in multifaceted, uh, you know, directions, um, you, you know, much like the guy that shot the documentary Icarus and thinks he's just going to talk about do do steroids enhance your performance? That's the question he thinks he's, and, and then it kind of steers all of a sudden he's uncovering the entire Russian doping scandal at the Olympics. You know, I mean, that, nobody saw that coming. It, now, I don't, I don't think we've got a revelation as big as that in this story. At the same time, what are some of the surprises that, you know, you bumped into as you start interacting, interviewing, getting the stories of families on film. I think the biggest surprise to me, Andy, is looking at the ground that we've gained in the last 10 years in helping veterans to deal with trauma yeah. um, has, you know, is a big thing, but where we have a major void in our counseling and cultural materials is that uh, there are so few resources available for the family, which is one of the reasons what you guys are doing with Center of Hope is yeah. so important because there's just this gap and 
families are often left on their own. They may send their veteran to the VA for counseling. They may, you know, connect their veteran to some other, you know, military resources, but often the family themselves are left to, to process on their own. Like when there are families that are, and, and I certainly wouldn't equate a veteran with cancer, but I, but I do know that when there are cancer survivors, people going through, you know, a lot of times there, there are courses and things for the family when there are uh, addiction issues, again, wouldn't equate, not a one-to-one -one correlation, but uh, I remember having a family member going through an addiction rehab uh, years ago, and they had courses for the family to learn, to understand, to explore, to find healing for themselves because they had been dealing with, you know, behavioral things. And again, so it, it makes sense. Uh, I, I genuinely asked the question, didn't know what you were going to say, but that rings true now that you say that. It's, it seems so obvious because so many people have reached out about that. And we are, you know, we made this curriculum. Uh, we wrote this. Uh, this was in the rear view. The, the documentaries you shot before were in the rear view mirror when we wrote this. Uh, but now we're kind of working ahead of the game, knowing what you're doing and what's coming. And uh, since we have this is this is a book textbook, it's about 200 pages long, no, 170 pages long that people can read. We're actually working on a curriculum uh, that is going to be don't have a working title at all. This is just what it's going to be is somehow a hope for the warrior family um, to help you know, spouses, significant others, kids, parents, all of that somehow deal with and walk through the healing process. And also, as we say in the word hope, heal, and then launch into the next mission, walk into your purpose. What else have I not asked you that you're thinking, ah, I wish you would have asked me this, or I would love to say, or people that are watching, listening to need to know about this project. Going back to what I was talking about, that gap in resources, I, I think one of the reasons there, that gap exists is because as difficult sometimes as it is for a veteran to recognize their own trauma and to begin kind of saying, hey, I need, I need help. Yeah. Families often want to put the, the, the onus on the veteran, say they need to get help. They need to get their, their, you know, their problem you know, straightened out. And they don't realize that how much they actually need help themselves. And I think it's it's recognizing that need for the individual family members, for the spouse, for the children at whatever age. Recognizing that need is the first step in helping them as a as a unit, as a family unit, to really uh, begin that healing process. Man, that's a great place to end right there. So the the surprises that I've picked up from you are. When one person's affected, everybody in the family's affected. You know, number two, there is a gap in resources for families. Right now, it seems like we're making some headway. Can always do more. But they are making some headway addressing the needs that veterans have, but there is a gap in resources from the family. And then the third factor right there is that if you are a family, you, you may sense some kind of hurt or pain, but it's not all on the veteran. You know, you, you're you hurting as well, and there may be a blind spot there. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation right. at all. Just get it checked out and just go in and go for the help. And so we're excited to see what you put together. As always, you guys do incredible work. Thank you. Thank you again. Andy, really appreciate it. Thanks again.
Okay, so there it is. Uh, Eugene, as uh, I've thought multiple times when I've talked with him and had him on the show here, is not just a great filmmaker. The man is really brilliant and has an incredible understanding of all of this information. Here are the top three takeaways that I had. By the way, if you're on social media, I would love for you to share your takeaway and tag us in that. Uh, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, we'd love for you to just leave a comment there below. Uh, we would like to know how this is applying and hitting you where it matters the most. Uh, takeaway number one for me is veterans have resources available, but what of the family? Uh, that, that's true. There are incredible resources out there for veterans. A lot of times we don't necessarily connect them to all of them. I think there's a better job being done on all of that, but what about the family? Um, this resource, I'll put the link to it in the show notes down below, Hope for the Warrior Family, where you can grab that. And I think that's why this documentary is gonna be, I really think it'll be as groundbreaking as the PTSD documentary and the moral injury documentary. Or number two, this is important. If one family member is affected, everybody in the family is affected. And they're all affected in different ways. And the ways they're all affected all affect each other. So that means that when the warrior comes home from deployment, they uh, coming back affect everybody. But it also means what everybody else that's been in the family that was, was left behind during the deployment, it also means that they also affect everyone. So it's not like just one person has some baggage. It's not like one person just has some stuff to deal with. Everybody has things to deal with that everybody's stuff affects everyone else. And hey, if we know that, we can just push together and get through anything together once we all decide that we're all in. Number three, my final takeaway, is this, uh, you might be more affected than you realize, and that's okay. Now, we saw this in a previous episode uh, that Andrea mentioned this. She had a blind spot about her own PTSD. You, in the same way, might be more affected. And I'm really directing this comment to family members, uh, not necessarily the veteran. It is a given. P people, uh, by now, they understand that when a veteran comes back from deployment, they're carrying some kind of um, just stuff with them of, of varying degrees. But what we have not realized is that it's probably a given that family members are carrying something as well. And that's fine. Once we get it out on the table, hey, just get it out in the light. Freedom is found in the light. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, my name is Andy Jenkins. I'm about to sign off every week on the Warrior Hope Podcast. We connect veterans to their mission. The most common obstacles that we face are number one, it's isolation. Number two, unprocessed pain, unhealed hurts from the past. And we really believe that it's important that you identify that mission because you have a purpose for which you were created. And there are people that that purpose is going to radically affect. It's going to enhance the lives of your family, of your friends, of fellow service members. Now that second one, or that first one, your family, I want to roll into some footage right here. Uh, Eugene gave me permission to share uh, some of the interview with one of the families from his working title of When Trauma Comes Home. And so I'm going to leave this episode with you right here. Whether you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, it will make sense because you will hear the conversation in real time and space with real people who were dealing with the fact that trauma does not just affect the service member, it affects the family and it affects the family even when the service member doesn't come home. 
here's footage from the actual documentary that's in process right now. My instincts of being a father kicked in. I need to fix this. I gotta fix this. How do I fix this? Where's my son? What do we have to do? I, I gotta fix this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, what do, what do I do? I have two parents that are grieving because they lost their son, but like, hot dang, I just lost my best friend. Like, how, how is this? What's, what, what? Your mind just starts going a million miles a minute. And the mom radar knew that life was forever gonna be different. You know, when you're at work, you can't be on your cell phone, and my cell phone kept ringing. And it was the first time it went off, I noticed that, because you can glance and see the phone number, and I thought, oh, I don't know that number. So this went on all afternoon. My phone kept going off, and I kept ignoring it. One of my coworkers, I, I work in a call center, one of my coworkers came over and she said, I want you to come to the lobby with me. And all of a sudden, I, I became like a belligerent little two-year-old. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to the lobby. Because I knew what was there I didn't want anything to do with. And Kimmy says, no, come on, Ann, let's go. And she had to take off my headset for me, put it on my desk. She had to take me by my hand and drag me. Nicole was at school. Paul was at a Boy Scout camp. I finally found the address of the camp he was at. And, and about the time I found that, Nicole pulled up out back. I didn't even make it up the steps when the Marine Corps, uh, our two casualty assistant officers in the walked out, out the door. And um, you have that realization of like, you want your brother to surprise you. You know, like they have like at the Dayton Dragons game where like sometimes the mascot will be the, you know, sibling or the dad or the son and they're hiding and they come out as a surprise. I was thinking when they walked out one split second, oh my gosh, he came home. Why, wait, why is he here? You know, and then the whole realization of, oh wow, this isn't good. He's either injured or he's killed. And as a mom, you want to run and hug your baby girl and tell her what happened. And they, they told me I couldn't. They had to go tell her. And I know they have their protocol. So I had to stand up on the deck <laughs> when they gave her the news that devastated her. I'm at a Boy Scout camp. I'm, I'm doing a adult leader training, training other adults on how to do high adventure. And I look up and I'm, I'm in this big room and, and there's a glass windows. It's at a visitor center at a, at a local state park. And I see my wife and I think, how awesome my wife is coming out uh, and got off work maybe a little early to come out to, uh, to join us because she's also a scout leader. I thought, awesome. And I see her and she's not smiling. And then I see two people beside her and I see the Marines and I see the uniform. 
I threw everything I had in my hands through. And I mean, they don't have to tell you anything. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, what do, what do I do? I have two parents that are grieving because they lost their son, but like, hot dang, I just lost my best friend. Like, how, how is this, what's, what, what, your mind just starts going a million miles a minute. What's gonna happen? What are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? Can't make decisions, can't do anything. And, and we were just impossible. Just the three of us were just impossible. People grieve differently. I expected everybody to be a certain way at a certain time. And I, I'm feeling this way right now, so you should feel that way right now. It's just not the case. And we had to learn to respect each other's place and being understanding of that process is huge. The grief book that they gave us, in that grief book, which I was searching for answers, right? How do, how do siblings do this? Two pages. Well, that doesn't help me. Two pages on siblings' grief. Two pages. The rest is all on the parents, the spouse, and the child, but two pages for a person that is the closest in DNA you'll ever get to, a sibling, for a sibling. They grew up together. They knew everything about each other. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads. Um, they're bonded like no other in this world. One of the things I come to understand is that when folks come up, they, they see us, the, the parents of the child, and they come up and they want to talk to us and, and give condolences and, and, and connect with us and not realize that standing next to us is our daughter who actually was the closest to our son of anyone during his lifetime. So when my unit got back, I believe it was in October, um, we had a big old memorial service for uh, the individuals we lost. And, and, and after um, the memorial service, um, the next morning, they had the Purple Heart service. So I was given my Purple Heart that day, and at the end of the ceremony, and I sprinted up to, to Paul and Annette Zanowick. And so all these Marines get up, and they go that way. Oh, you know, they left the parade field, and they're going back to the wherever. And so here's this flood of Marines, and then all of a sudden one of the Marines comes back, and he is running back to me. And um, he came up to me and stood beside me. I couldn't hear what he said because I had already read his name on his shirt, and it was Erlinson. And I knew who Erlinson was. He was the young man Rocky's unit saved the morning of June 3rd. And so he's talking to me, and he placed his purple heart in my hand and closed my hand around it and then went running back across the parade field. And um, If you're a family that's suffering loss, a, a tragic loss of a, of a family member, don't try to think that you can, you're going to be okay and you can do this on your own. Um, my recommendation would be to, to reach out to get some help, uh, whether it's a clergy or if there's counseling in, involved like there was with us with VA, seek it out 
and get it. Talk to someone, get your emotions out. For me, it became understood that talking about it was better than not talking about it. As hard as it was to talk about it, I would still cry. Probably always will. Even in the face of incredible loss, there is hope for healing. What really strikes me about the Xanawicks is the way that they have clung to one another through this tragedy and now are an inspiration for others. If you or a family close to you has suffered this kind of loss, consider what we learned from the Xanawicks. Seek counseling, talk to others who have walked this road before you, and look for ways to honor your loved one. Even though the wounds remain, there is hope for healing. If you'd like to learn more about how Crosswinds is helping families like the Xanowicks, visit us at warriorsonmission.org. And if you have found this content meaningful, consider a charitable donation to Crosswinds. Thank you. So